Hello, hello. This is Ali Tedlawe. Welcome to Talk to Me About Food, a podcast about our food rituals seen through the lens of a consumer researcher, consumer, human, me. In this show, I muse about how Americans discover, shop for, prepare, and even dispose of food. In this episode of Talk to Me About Food, we consider what it's going to take for Americans to willingly eat bugs. Why wonder about eating insects? Well, a lot more of us in America, maybe all humans, may very well have to add bugs to our repertoire to survive as a species on this planet. The chorus is getting louder around the belief that humans will run out of things to eat in the not-too-distant future if we don't make sustainability our ultimate objective. Insects can and maybe should be part of our diets everywhere. Insects are plentiful, for one thing. Are they ever plentiful? I'm sitting outside on a warm day and insects are everywhere I look. A flight and a foot, buzzing, inching, or spidering along with purpose. And how many varied millions more out of sight, under my garden, burrowing and boring, recycling and re-nourishing the earth for us. They're good for us. I mean, insects are rich in essential amino acids, omega-3 fats, iron, magnesium, calcium, zinc really important that they're a good source of lean protein, too, and, and farming insects would have an environmental footprint, an order of magnitude at least, smaller than what it takes to package a pound of another great source of protein, beef. Tory Morgan has been selling edible insects since 2010 out of his store in Richardson, Texas, called Meat Maniac. I asked him about the growing interest in edible insects. The reasons behind them wanting to eat edible insects is more, you know, uh, for the environment, um, for the sustainability, um, and also uh, for for health reasons, too, because, uh, you know, they're the way that they're farmed. You know what I mean? There there's no preservative. There's nothing extra added to them, just like the cricket flower. All it is is. That whole bag right there is like 2,500 ground-up crickets. Nothing else in there. So maybe we should flip the question around. Why not eat insects? A New York Times article from September 7th, 2018, entitled Why Aren't We Eating More Insects, cites that 2 billion people around the world already know the value and virtues of eating insects. According to the article by Legaya Mishan, Beetles and caterpillars are the most popular among some 2,100 species of edible insects. Termites are eaten live or dry-roasted in Kenya. Weevil grubs are enjoyed grilled over an open fire in Peru. Apparently, they caramelize quite nicely. And the larvae of red weaver ants are prized in Thailand for their fruity crunch. The number of Americans eating insects on a regular basis is tiny by comparison. Who are they? 
Here's Tori Morgan, the shop owner again, on who his customers are. We have regulars that are interested in the edible insect movement and they eat them on a regular basis. And then we have another segment of our customers that are basically either, you know, number one, out of curiosity, or number two, educators that will get it for their students, Boy Scouts, Cub Scout troops. Uh, A lot of times they're our customers as well because uh, the free range bugs are a little bit more juicy and not as easy to eat as these are and so they get their badges i think one of their badges they get is for eating insects so this makes it a little bit easier than free range i would never have thought about that that's really interesting and then there's one other segment yeah of our customers is for the cricket flower and we're right next door to the la fitness over there and so we get quite a few people that have since converted from using whey protein to cricket protein for their smoothies. Mm -hmm. So whenever they wake up in the morning, high protein diet working out, they'll use the the cricket protein instead of the whey protein. Interesting. And I wonder why. I mean, again, are they, is there, I guess it gets me back to, you said edible insect movement. Mm -hmm. Is there a community? There is, there is, there's a, there is a community. Like I said, we've, we've been selling the insects for 2010 and then we came out with our own line in 2012. Right. So we've been doing it for a while. Right. And every year, I mean, we see more interest, more interest. Now a lot of it too, like around Halloween time every year, Mm -hmm. we get a huge bump in sales. Um, I think maybe for Halloween parties, like your fear factor party kind of survivor stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Interesting. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of folks out there in the U.S. eating insects. So why is eating insects something short of taboo in the U.S.? I mean, after all, some of us do eat things in this country that make others of us squeamish or even outright revolted. Some explanations come from that same New York Times article. Many of our northern and western European ancestors didn't take to bugs to begin with because there were far fewer insects across most of Europe compared with the tropics, and many of the insect species that survived a series of Ice Age eras were smaller too, small bugs, which made it less worth the effort of trying to capture them or do anything with them. A certain reading of the Bible made early Christians frown on eating insects, and our European forebears also associated insects with disease and uncleanliness, which of course squashed insects as a food source. My guess is these factors also squashed whatever appeal eating insects might have held for those who learned of the pleasures of eating bugs from other cultures and colonies during Europe's age of discovery. Simply put, Americans find insects disgusting in the original meaning of the word, the opposite of something to be tasted, says Rachel Hers, neuroscientist specializing in perception and emotion. She claims there are several reasons why we don't cotton to bugs. She believes that the way insects look and the way they move triggers revulsion, even fear. The way some insects slither or ooze reminds us of bodily fluids, which we as adults anyway, don't consider putting in our mouths. A slug is slimy and has an unappetizing shape, hardly something we would consider putting on the shopping list. 
Some insects are more disgusting, in fact, harder to eat, than others. Tori talks here about how he got into eating insects. This was your favorite, the sago worms. Is that right? Yes, is that it is. still your favorite? It is, yeah. And, and why is that? Um, the texture is like a cheese puff, right, and right, then right. the taste is like a corn chip. Perfect snack food. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what would you recommend somebody who's never tried an insect? What do they try? And forget the candy. Let's sure, sure, sure. We'll take maybe it. more serious. Right. <laughs> so we, we kind of refer to worms as the gateway bug so to speak. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of times for, for first time insect eaters, the worms have less of an exoskeleton, mm. more fat content. So texture wise. So like for me, like if you're going in to eat like, you know, one of these water bugs, you can see how substantial that is right, right, right. compared to the worms that have a little bit more fat content. And so for me, starting with the worms first, kind of made sense and was easier. And then I was able to work myself up to some of the, the bigger, you know, bigger, more exoskeleton. Right. Cause like the, when you see this, the, your instinct is to just step on it, not put it in your mouth. And we're looking at a bug that is about three inches long and about an inch and a half thick with arms hanging yeah. out. <laughs> yes. I can see. Yeah. It's a little, a little intimidating. Bit. Yeah. yeah. It is a bit intimidating. Yeah. Well, sago worms might be the best gateway to entomophagy, you know, eating bugs, but we still have to get over a strong cultural bias. The thing is, Rachel Hers says, that disgust is the instinct we have to learn. Smells and sights, sounds, tastes, and textures aren't inherently disgusting. As we become acculturated, we learn to classify things as disgusting or not. And once we do, we are almost hardwired to find them disgusting unless and until the situation really forces us to reconsider. It's easy to find examples in your own experience. Growing up, I spent stretches of time in a place where the use of underarm deodorant was not widespread, and so body odor was not considered disgusting. No one commented on it, and I stopped noticing the smell after a time. On the other hand, here in the U.S., the whiff of body odor on just one person, strategically placed in a crowd, is palpable and repulsive to some. We've been so conditioned to use deodorants that it verges on a social contract you don't want to break. But if disgust is programmed, it can also be reprogrammed. So there's hope for the culinary impresarios as well as sustainability advocates hoping to work insects into our diet. Reprogramming our associations with insects means changing the long-standing cultural narrative around eating bugs. On a recent episode of NPR's Hidden Brain, Rachel Hurz suggested we change the narrative from, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's a food of last resort for people who are very different from us and who don't have the privilege we do to choose otherwise. Change that narrative to, we're saving the planet, for example. I talked with Robert Nathan Allen, an entomophagy evangelist, about Little Herds, a nonprofit organization he started whose mission it is to educate and empower communities to support and promote the use of insects for food and for feed in an environmentally friendly way. He provides here an interesting reprogramming narrative on how to introduce Americans to eating insects. And so, 
you know, especially because we're dealing with a lot of kids. We, we want to stress that these are not the bugs in your bathroom. These are not the bugs in your house. These are not the bugs in your backyard. In the same way that we wouldn't eat the, the bluebird in the backyard or the crow outside. This is a different kind of bird. It's a different kind of insect. You know, so the insects that we're eating are the ones that farmers grow for us to eat. And, and you know, there's a lot we have to be able to navigate that that's for safety reasons. In a lot of places in the world, there's a, a lot of cultural knowledge and traditions about which insects are safe to eat and where it's safe to get them and how it's safe to prepare them. And so that's something that happens all over the world. But for you here in Austin, you know, we would discourage you from eating bugs that you buy <laughs> for safety reasons. And then after that, you know, it's, it's be, be kind to your body and be kind to the planet and be kind to the animals and, and then be curious, you know, and, and be open to new experiences and new ideas. This seems like an approach that would gain traction, certainly among key influencers in our society, but also among a growing number of Americans in general. Complementary strategy could be to tap into the craving for experiences, especially among millennials and Gen Y, and celebrity chefs, maybe to that point, in this country are starting to experiment with bugs. That will start cascading some level of curiosity and acceptance among the more daring of us. Still, reaching for a grasshopper crystallized in sugar still looks like it's poised to leap out of the bowl or a a hissing cockroach that's silenced but still menacing on a skewer is asking for a lot from most of us. The biggest challenge to making insects gustable would appear to be how to plate or package a bug so that it doesn't look like one exactly. I mean, a beef hamburger certainly doesn't look like a cow, nor does a steak. Sliced turkey doesn't threaten to gobble, and a piece of grilled salmon doesn't stare at you with a guilt-provoking eye, at least not most of the time. It has to start with representing insects to our senses. And that starts with making the insect you're going to put in your mouth visually acceptable, if not downright appealing, since we do eat with our eyes first. The purveyors of cricket powder and flour, it's a tiny, tiny, but growing market, know this. Any semblance of an insect, antennae, exoskeleton, wriggling legs, have all been ground into dust. So the energy bar made with this powder is, well, crickety in brand name only. I would think, though, that we need to be able to ingest insects in forms other than powder for insects to be a staple. Not sure that energy bars, pancakes, cake, salad seasoning, more, let's say, sourdough bread really go far enough. Because we eat with our eyes, and our eyes can deceive us, there are some tricks of the trade to make an insect more visually appetizing. Packaged food scientists and menu developers cater to your deeply held associations using color and shape and visual context. In her book, Why You Eat What You Eat, Rachel Hurd cites research which shows that foods that are deeper shades of red appear sweeter. And that sweeter is generally preferred. Well, that kind of makes sense. But rounded foods and rounded plates, they also cue sweetness. That's kind of surprising. Green is seen as sour before a wedge of a Granny Smith apple passes your lips. And then yellow, well, yellow food evokes happy thoughts. And a composed, ordered presentation looks tastier than a messy plate. 
Likely, too, that evolving technology will continue to provide tools to help add visual appeal to insects. Think of augmented reality and a system that might transform the look of what's actually on your plate so that even though there is a cricket on your plate, you don't see it. All that said, the real bug-eating pioneers might have to be kids. At the risk of saddling our children with one more problem that adults haven't been able to solve, a hurdle we adults may not be able to clear, kids are more likely to accept and adopt the bug-eating. They're curious, adventurous, open-minded, and less biased by cultural traditions, if you catch them early enough. This is a telling anecdote. What's the craziest bug-eating story you've heard from your own experience or or that you've heard? Man, uh, probably one of the craziest ones was uh, we we had somebody post on our, uh, our Twitter account, I believe. It was a little, and she must have been four years old, four or five year old uh, little girl, and that her mom was recording her, and they bought a tarantula from us, and uh, the daughter was wanting to try it, and so here's this little girl, they get the tarantula out, she's looking at it, she just picks it up, takes the whole thing, sticks it in her mouth, starts chewing on it, eats it, no big deal, says, oh, that's... That, that tastes pretty good. <laughs> and, you know, here's the, and then you've got like, I've seen grown men that are like running away, like trying to show them like these bugs. And here there's this little, you know, fearless four-year-old girl that just went all in and she liked it. That was probably one of the, the, the neater things seeing. Uh, we did a state, the state fair once. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we did it in 2016. And uh, we, we had a, a kid that got these and just took it and popped it in his mouth. But, uh, scorpions, the, yeah, the giant water scorpions, uh, AKA water bugs. Wow. And, uh, he, uh, he didn't fare as well as the, as the four year old. He kind of had trouble keeping it down. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's the risk. <laughs> yes. Wow. And here's what Robert Nathan Allen, RNA for short, had to say about why he spends a lot of time working with kids. And really, when, when we first started, uh, you know, we, we went out to farmers markets and children's events and family friendly festivals, that kind of thing, and saw really quickly that kids don't have as robust a psychological taboo built up as most adults do. Um, or kids who, you know, a kid whose grandmother may be from southern Mexico or Thailand who has talked about eating bugs or has, you know, They've tried bugs when they've traveled. You know, people, once they've been, uh, a lot of people in Austin especially have had the chance to do some traveling. And uh, so a lot of times when I talk to people, you know, they say, oh, well, I've, I've had bugs before. I'm like, oh, where? Like, well, you know, I went to Southern Mexico, had, tried the, the grasshopper tacos, or I went to Thailand and I went to the night market and tried all sorts of bugs. Or, you know, I had, a, I was on a mission trip in Zimbabwe and, you know, the locals were gathering the, the home grubs and, and so, you know, it's, we, you know, we start to see that there's a, a big psychological taboo because of our Western food culture and American food culture, where we've just you know, sort of ingrained that that's a bug, you don't eat that. Even though all over the world, it's just, you know, it's no different than, or it would be like someone else saying, that's a shrimp, you don't eat that. Or, you know, that's a chicken, we don't eat those. So it's, it's really cultural. And, uh, and kids that 
are given the chance to like learn about it and try it in a really fun, engaging setting are really open to it. And when they try it, they go, oh, that's tasty. You know, if you roast some crickets and, and sprinkle some chili powder on them, they taste a lot like Takis or spicy Cheetos. They have a crunch, a savory, salty, spicy kind of flavor. And, you know, kids eat that stuff up by the, by the bag. Momentum is building towards getting Americans to eat more insects. There is some evidence, according to RNA, that as many as 80 plus percent of Americans are open to eating insects. Open. He highlights some of the milestones he sees that demonstrate progress towards the acceptance of eating insects. Do you have a favorite story about introducing someone well, so to I'll, eating insects? I'll, I'll give you two uh, interesting, you know, sort of it's on, on milestones or, or you know, signposts on the, the progression from, you know, if we look at 20 years ago, when you, yeah. when, when, if you ask someone about eating a bug, they thought of fear facts, right? Joe Rogan feeding people, you know, cockroaches on fear facts. <laughs> on reality TV. And, and 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, people thought of Survivor. You know, people stuck on an island, they have to eat some bugs as part of their challenge to stay on the island. But in the past 10 years, that, you know, through media exposure and musicians, you know, famous musicians like Questlove, who's the late night drummer for Jimmy Fallon, uh, and the, the leader for uh, Tribe Called Quest. And movie stars like Nicole Kidman or Selma Hayek or Angelina Jolie, uh, musicians like uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake had insects served at his album launch party for his, uh, his album last year before he performed at the NFL. So, you know, we see movie stars and musicians and athletes, you know, baseball players and soccer players. Uh, Terry Crews, former NFL player, has talked about you know, how the idea makes a lot of sense. So we see a lot of pop culture references that are putting, casting it in a positive light. We see a lot of critical media, you know, critical journalism that's also casting it in a positive light. They're saying, yes, it seems weird. Yes, it seems icky. But if we can get past that, here's all the benefits. Right. So, you know, that has really, I think, all of that points to it moving in the right direction towards normal or, or accepted, you know, before normal. The good news from all I've seen and heard is that if you can get yourself to reach for an insect and put it in your mouth, chances are you will be pleasantly surprised. These are familiar flavors and textures, the crunch of a snack chip or a taco, the melt-in-your-mouth pleasure of caramel. You might start to believe that an insect is something you might even relish one day. And maybe the bitter fruit of necessity will become a delicacy, even in America. That's all I've got for you on this episode of Talk to Me About Food. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you come back for more. Please also check out www.talktomeaboutfood.com to read a companion article to this episode and other musings about the cycle of food and our food rituals on my blog. 